Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Form3.tech podcast. My name is Kevin Holditch, Head of Platform Engineering at Form3. Today I'm really delighted that I've been joined by Sam Owens, my colleague from Form3, who's Head of Architecture. How's it going today, Sam? Yeah, good, thanks. How about you? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Thanks a lot for joining me today. And today I wanted to discuss um, how we approach testing at Form3. But before we get into that, do you want to just introduce yourself to listeners and tell them what you do at Form3? Uh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, as uh, as you said, my title is Head of Architecture. Um, so I guess that means uh, day-to-day I'm, um, I'm helping to kind of guide the technical, um, technical decisions that we make um, across the platform. Um, so... Yeah, I've been with Form 3 almost since the beginning, so I, I get involved in a lot more things than, than just that. But generally, um, the, 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 the role it kind of involves um, coordinating decision-making, uh, facilitating um, uh, sort of design discussions, uh, that, that sort of thing. Uh, so at Form 3, uh, we like to kind of in, implement architecture uh, in a very sort of collaborative way. Um, we don't kind of think of it as a top-down uh, design and then handing that to engineers to go and implement sort of sort of way. We like to do it in a very sort of collaborative uh, fashion. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm just there to facilitate that, really. Awesome. Okay, cool. So then that brings us on to today's topic, which is testing. So this is something I think we're both very passionate about. And as you said, you've been at Form 3 since almost the beginning, so you really got to lay the groundwork and sort of set the testing strategy at Form 3. So do you want to give an overview to the listeners of how we approach, um, you know, testing in our software at Form 3? Uh, yeah, so we focus, uh, we, we've, we spend a lot of time focusing on automation. Um, so we put a lot of effort into that. and We really sort of see the value in that. Uh, so we don't have... Uh, dedicated QA teams um, or, or anything like that so it's really the responsibility of the teams that build the software to then uh, make sure it's fully QA um, and uh, is sort of production ready uh, and rolling it out as well as part of our sort of DevOps model um, so uh, we in order to make that work um, we really believe that focusing on um, end-to-end tests is the is the key to that. Uh, so um, we 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 put a lot of onus on um, allowing people to to write a test that cover as much of their um, their software in a kind of black box fashion. Um, without relying on lots of kind of tiny unit tests that mock out different behavior and that sort of thing. Um, and, I, and, I, and I guess we, because um, we focus on that, um, that allows us to uh, have this really sort of high quality suite of automated tests at the, at the end of it. Um, so in addition to that, we then have some, uh, Sort of so yeah so so I guess we we've got these end to end automation tests which are um, written at service level 
Um, and I, I guess the interesting thing is like where the different ends are. So when I talk about end-to-end, -end, it's usually in the scope of the service I'm writing. Um, what are the kind of infrastructure dependencies? And then what are the um, uh, internal service dependencies of that service? Um, we kind of use different strategies to make those make those bits work within the test. So we use um, we we spin up the in infrastructure dependencies using Docker, uh, and then with the in internal service dependencies, we use um, a technology called Pact, which implements consumer contract testing. Um, so that's the kind of end-to-end uh, -end service testing, then there's end-to-end -end platform testing where services actually uh, deployed onto a, our test platform and then we have more end-to-end -end tests that uh, execute uh, full kind of end-to-end -end flows to test payments being sent out of the system and re being received into the system and sort of executing the, the tests in that, that kind of full context. Um, so they tend to be, we have less of those um, uh, just because they're kind of harder to um, harder to get right and slower to run, and because um, it relies on a running platform, uh, integrated platform, um, uh, we, we have less of those. And then I guess on top of that, we then have some requirement to do some smoke manual sort of smoke testing, um, just to make sure everything hangs together before things are pushed out into into a production environment. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that covers kind of functional testing, and then we have we also have uh, load testing, uh, which again we automate, and that kind of follows the same pattern as the end-to-end -end platform testing, where we have a fully end-to-end -end tests, but we run that at load, and on our different environments we run continuous load all the time to make sure that our platforms are scaled um, to meet the the uh, demands of our customers. Oh, so that's a really good overview. I'm just going to zero in on a few of the points you said there. So one of the early things you said was we don't have QA teams at Form 3. So um, what behavior does that drive in our sort of engineering teams versus having, a, having QA teams? Do you feel like it makes the engineers focus more on quality rather than this throw it over the wall mentality for some other team to worry about? Yeah, that's that's certainly the idea, yeah. Um, uh, and I, you know, I, I think that's been very successful. I mean, we've been uh, writing software like that and deploying software in this way for um, what, coming on five years now, um, and uh, we, we've we've not had major incidents caused by defects in the system or anything like that. Um, and I think a lot of that is due to the that. The, the way we operate um, and the way we we really put responsibility not on just testing but also deployment and uh, the full kind of support process like I think it it may not work quite as well if we had a separate um, set of people supporting the software in production but because as an engineer you build the software <clears throat> you test it you run it and you get up in the middle of the night if it's not working um, it really does put that kind of um, uh, that onus of kind of responsibility on you to get it get it right, um, and, and yeah, as I say, so that's 
that kind of mentality has proved to be very successful. Cool. And also you mentioned that we don't have sort of many unit tests at, at Form 3. And I think unit tests means different things to different people. But I think when you say the word unit test, you mean around um, some company strategy for testing where they literally have hundreds of tests around every method in their code. Um, and that tends to, you know, make your tests very brittle and you need to refactor them a lot. Um, where do you see is like the, you mentioned black box, but where is really the sweet spot for writing a test? What properties does, does something need to have in order to be the right level to write your tests at? Yeah, I, I guess that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, there's, 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 there's a trade-off between, uh, there's, there's always a trade-off between um, the, uh, the speed that you can write the test and the, the, um, uh, the reliability of that test, I guess, versus um, how much kind of future value you get out of that test. Um, so the, <clears throat> so I guess the, um, the nice or the, the people's, the way a lot of people see it, think about unit testing is, you know, I'm going to write really small tests that test, you know, constraint and code coverage, and and test 100% of my code. And if I've got a dependency there, I'm going to mock it out just to kind of make sure I've got all this kind of test coverage, um, and that can work really well, I guess, in that moment when you're kind of writing the code. Um, and I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but the downside is that when you then come to do sort of large scale refactorings of that code base, uh, your tests are kind of tying you to your implementation detail. So it makes it hard to do any kind of big refactorings like, um, you know, a specific instance I can recall is when uh, we, um, so what, one, of, one of our services, uh, deals with uh, security in our system uh, and we completely re-implemented how that worked from the ground up um, to be based on, so it, it, it was based on like an internal um, system that we used and then we pushed it out to use a kind of third party authentication provider um, and because we'd written these kind of more high level tests um, that didn't mock out all that detail, we were able to do that without having to rewrite any of the tests. And by the time we were done, we just rerun the whole test suite and we were, we were confident that that worked and the changes we've made um, were, 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 be, were not going to impact any of the dependent services and um, we, we still had a, 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 a system that worked um, that hung together at the end of it. Uh, whereas I think that yeah, if we had thousands of these kind of quite small tests that focused on the minute detail of the implementation, we probably would have had to throw away the majority of those as we were going along and then write more tests. Uh, and then, you know, you get, you're in the situation where how do you know that the tests you've written are, are correct? If you've had to delete the old ones, you know, you don't, you don't know if you're in a good state or not. Um, so, yeah, I guess back to your question, like where where is that boundary? Where is that sweet spot? Um, we've kind of um, 
I guess we've kind of gone backs and forwards a bit. Um, we've kind of uh, la- landed on, as I sort of described, having the uh, most of the tests testing from the outside, so they 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 execute the API, uh, and then having infrastructure dependencies mocked out using something like Docker, uh, and then having uh, internal service dependencies. Um, uh, mocked out using um, uh, Pat, uh, and that seems to be. Uh, although there are kind of issues with that um, that require uh, careful attention to kind of detail. Um, to me, that kind of hits the sweet spot between speed of execution and um, uh, getting the right uh, sort of breadth and depth of those tests. Um, especially like if you're using strategies like um, uh, keeping the containers, keeping your containers running, so you'd have to you know pay the cost of spinning containers up every time you execute the tests and that sort of thing. Um, it can actually ex- execute pretty quickly. Um, it, yeah, I guess we've kind of we've experimented with other things like running Kubernetes clusters uh, and trying to kind of include more or less things in that that scope um, but yeah it, it kind of feels we've had le- less success with those different strategies that that what, what I kind of just described seems to work uh, work the best cool I think one of the one of the problems that that this does lead to is some of your tests can be quite complex to write especially I guess at Form 3, where we use a lot of asynchronous processing, so we wait for messages to fire, then we handle them. So what are some of the things you have to watch out for to make sure your tests aren't brittle? Because I think that's one of the pain points engineers can have, where they have tests that sometimes pass and sometimes fail just because of a timing issue, um, and that can lead to a lot of frustration with engineers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely... Uh, Writing the majority of your tests in this fashion is hard, harder and requires work and, as I said, sort of attention to detail. Um, so yeah, some of the traps you can get into are fixing those timing issues by adding some sort of weights in your code and sleeping for a bit and just extending time, um, which can kind of work in the very short term but break shortly afterwards or in a few months' time or... You know, on someone else's machine or whatever. Um, so so that, that's kind of quite a common trap. Or um, things like depending on log messages to synchronize your, uh, your test um, can also be quite brittle because I think it's kind of quite unexpected that, you know, if I'm doing some maintenance on some code and I change the log message, it's kind of un- unexpected that that then go and break a test. Um, so, uh, but coming up with alternative strategies often takes quite a lot of work. Um, it's obviously much easier to put in a, a bit of a delay uh, and then move on than maybe think differently about the problem um, and implement a different strategy to kind of synchronize, uh, synchronize state or um, put a more kind of intelligent uh, way of working around that problem in place. Um, but, you know, the payoff is, is worth it in the end. 
because um, you end up with this really high value test suite that, um, that, that, that you can then lean on later on. Exactly. I, I definitely think the, the example you cited is kind of proof of that because I think anywhere, but especially at Form 3, it's almost like 95% of your engineering effort is in your test suite and a tiny amount is your implementation. If you got your test suite right, you could almost just delete your implementation and rewrite it again fairly quickly because like you, like you mentioned, it can be quite challenging to write these tests, but if you get them right, then implementing them tends to be fairly trivial. Cool, you also mentioned um, packs a couple of times for you know mocking out dependencies between microservices. Can you just elaborate a bit more on you know the role pack plays in in testing? Uh, yeah, so um, packed is this uh, implementation of uh, consumer contract testing. Um, um, what that is is uh, so so the idea behind it is um, as a consumer. So I guess the easiest way to describe it is between two um, services that call themselves over. Uh, an HTTP API. Um, so the consumer would be uh, the service that is calling your your server. Um, so the idea is, as a consumer of that server, um, I would, uh, as part of my test suite, I would define the interactions between yourself and that service. So say I'm going to um, do an HTTP get uh, and I'm going to pass in some parameters um, some, uh, maybe on the on the URL and I'm going to expect some data back some JSON data back you can basically put that uh, in a contract that says uh, yeah exactly what I described so I'm going to call this URL I'm going to expect this data back um, what you can then do uh, as a consumer uh, is basically just use that to um, mock out that interaction. So Pact provide this mock server that you can spin up, feed it with those contracts, uh, and then when you're executing your tests and you call that URL, the mock server will go, okay, you've defined this contract that says, when I do a get, uh, this URL, you want this data back, so it gives you that data back, simple as that. And you can find all these contracts and um, you get that, you get kind of that behavior as a consumer. Um, I mean that, so that's very similar to a lot of other technologies that do very similar things like um, Wiremock or something like that, for example. Um, what you get in addition to that is then you can take that same contract um, and you can give it to the server side of that, um, that, con that, that interaction. And as part of the, the test suite on the server, you can then replay all those expectations uh, and make sure that they match up with the server implementation as well. So uh, that would kind of look like uh, the, uh, the the test runner would basically say, um, so if you use that same example, it would say, I've got this contract um, that says, um, one of the consumers is going to do a GET request, so it would actually execute that GET request uh, on the against the server, 
and then your server would respond with your JSON, and then the test runner would compare the JSON that you've returned with the data defined in that contract. So kind of similar to the consumer, but the other way around. Um, and in that, so because of this, <clears throat> you can basically test both sides of that contract, but you can do it at different points in time. So you, you haven't got to spin up both of these services in order to test that interaction. Uh, you can run the contract part, so that test uh, as part of the, the con sorry, consumer part of that test as part of the consumer test and the server parts of those tests as part of the uh, server tests. Um, and as you add more consumers, you can add more contracts and um, the server can be then aware of all the contracts that it has to fulfill. Awesome. And maybe just a point to highlight to the listeners is on the um, consumer side, if you if you do your get request not how you specified in the contract, the test will also fail because of that. So you can actually make sure that you're interacting in the way that your contract uh, says you're going to. Um, cool. And I think the the last point I just wanted to touch on is the style that we write our tests in at Form Three. So I think we've chosen across the board because you know earlier earlier on in our journey we started in Java and then we moved over to Go. Um, but we've, we write all of our tests regardless of language in the same style using this BDD syntax. And I know in Go, you know, it's very popular in, in the community to write these test tables and, you know, test in a different style. Um, so that's quite unique to Form 3. What are the reasons that, that we use BDD style everywhere at Form 3? Uh, yeah, so a lot of that comes to, down to um, test readability. Um, so we believe it, it, it's important that um, as someone who's a kind of maintainer of uh, a code base that you can go to the test suite and read the test in a kind of quite um, understandable format that clearly lays out the, the steps uh, in the test and what the test is trying to uh, the behavior that the, the, the test is trying to exercise and the expectations of that test without kind of having to dig through uh, lots of implementation detail for a test to really kind of um, get to the bottom of what it's trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's, um, it's kind of a, um, a useful tool to remove kind of any ambiguity because um, I guess kind of what can happen is different people can interpret especially if you because um, yeah especially with this sort of style of testing um, you can end up having to uh, do execute quite a lot of uh, different um, different methods on a service or do, you know, different, do different API calls to do setup and that sort of thing. So uh, if you didn't have these kind of clearly laid out BDD style steps, uh, it might be quite confusing to understand exactly what the test is doing, um, but having it kind of clearly laid out in that kind of very uh, English kind of style, uh, just kind of really, as I said, removes any of that ambiguity there. Yeah, I think that is very powerful because that's one of the troubles I have when I'm looking at open source code where this test table style that's very popular in Go, I think initial very careful, 
it's super easy to write tests that can become, like you said, very hard to understand. Like it takes me 15, 20 minutes to understand what the test is doing because I've got this anonymous struct at the top with like A, B, error, foo, bar, and then loads of different values for that. Then at the bottom, it's doing some code and it's like, what I'm mean, having to engage my brain to understand the tests versus like the other style where it just says, given this, then, you know, when I do this, then this happens. It's like, I can just read that and understand it. I don't even have to look at the implementation. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So I think we've pretty much um, covered a lot of how we approach testing at Form 3. Um, thanks a lot for joining me today, Sam. I think it's been a really interesting discussion. Yeah, no worries. Cool. And if you guys are looking for a new career and you want to come and do Go Program at Form 3, we've got lots of open positions. Feel free to come and check out our website. Um, hope you come and listen again soon. Thanks a lot.